This episode of the Gentleman's Cough Law Podcast is brought to you by Patreon and Phoenix Shaving. You are listening to the Gentleman's Cough Law Podcast. Listener beware. Rise and shine, the liquor store is open. I ain't got time for moping. I best be on my way. Well, I still got time to save my reputation. Time to go day drinking. afternoon, everyone, or should I say, happy St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, Jordan Crowder. Welcome to the Gentleman's Cough Law Podcast, the podcast for the rebel and the renaissance man. And joining me in person is the Don, Donovan Fowler. How you doing? Doing great. Happy St. Patty's Day. Happy St. Patty's Day. And you know what else it is? You know what else it is? It's the anniversary. It's, well, yeah, anniversary. It's a two-year anniversary. Um, of the Gentleman's Cough Law podcast. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of that's kind of cool, right? That's you know? super cool. Maybe we'll take a trip back down memory lane in a, in a little bit. Uh, but uh, let me tease the guest. We've got Doctor Sean T. Smith. Mm. Um, he's an author and psychologist. Yep. And uh, we're going to talk to him um, about his book, The Tactical Guide to Women, and uh, talk a little bit about toxic masculinity, yeah. as they say. Yeah, so. Should be should be that, fun. That old chestnut. That old chestnut. I uh, I like that his middle initial is T because it makes me think of Sean T, the the beach body guy. Oh, I I'm not familiar with Sean T, the beach body guy, but I uh, he does like hip, did, hip hop abs. It just occur, occurred to me that he's writing all about masculinity, masculinity and T for testosterone. You know. Oh yeah. Maybe that's his middle name. Maybe he should write for T Nation. Sean Testosterone Smith. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's start off with a little bit of housekeeping here. Uh, what are you drinking there, Donovan? I'm drinking good old quality H two O, which mm-hmm. seems very uncharacteristic of an Irishman on St. Patrick's Day. But, yeah. Uh, I'm also a Catholic, and I gave up alcohol for Lent. So. And it's not it's not actually St. Patrick's Day yet, That's so it's true. not a feast day. That's true, but even, you know what, in this case, I even I even gave it up on feast days. Really? Yeah, I, I just was, I was like, you know, I, I figure I won't cheat. You that's know? good. I'll cheat that's, with the other nice. stuff. Like, I'll do uh, mint chocolate chip ice cream and all that, you know, all that <laughs> good stuff. But, uh, you know, mint chocolate chip uh, whiskey will will be uh will be put off until after Easter. I remember I think it was on Ash Wednesday um a couple of years ago you and I were on a shoot together oh, and we were at uh our friends our mutual yeah. friend's house Sippity who's been on the show. Right. And uh I remember that. And I remember he was offering us drinks and uh you wouldn't take the beer but you would take the whiskey. <laughs> You're like, no, I gave up beer, but I'll do the hard liquor. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, That's cool. hilarious. <laughs> it, that must have been a time of where I really liked beer. I mean, yeah. I like beer, yeah, but yeah. like, I must have really liked <laughs> that. That was, a, that was a little silly. I remember that. I, yeah. We were, yeah, it was like down in Torrance. Torrance, yeah, we had a shoot yeah. down there. Let me pour a little bit. This is a, uh, a bourbon from Texas, Firestone, yeah. uh, Firestone and Robertson, mm. um, distilling so company. That the question I had when you brought that to the table was, if it's from Texas, can they really call it bourbon? I don't think they can. I don't know what the legal. Let's see. Let Who me, makes let me, these let me laws? It says Texas well, straight not, bourbon. It's not. Well, there is a law. I think. Yeah. 
Uh, that's weird, man, because it's like, that's why, uh, Jack Daniels can't be called bourbon is it's Tennessee whiskey. Yeah. That's bizarre. I mean, it's similar with uh scotch. You can't call, I don't think you can call whiskey outside of Scotland scotch. Um, what about like Japanese scotch? But I think Japanese scotch is made. Maybe in Scotland. I don't know. We, don't should, know. we should research this should and talk research. to somebody about it. <laughs> and Isn't yeah. this what our thing is? Yeah, we should <laughs> know about this. <laughs> this is our MO. Yeah. Like, we but, should. You know, I'm like, I'm like a, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like a hard drive. I'm like a four terabyte hard drive from 2008, which if you've seen those hard drives, they're massive. Yeah. Uh, and they, they don't work very well. <laughs> I'm like a four terabyte hard drive of like, half written Wikipedia pages on things <laughs> like that never have the that actual finished full facts. Like I'm always like, well, you're I basically a journalist. Yes. Um, <laughs> Ooh, shots fired against shots MSNBC fired. and Fox News. Um, I'm going to, I am lighting up right now. I've got my Peterson uh, Killarney Dublin pipe, Dublin J pipe. Mm, it's very a very apropos. classic uh, for St. Patrick's oh, it's, Day. It's a beauty. And in it, I've got some old Shenandoah tobacco. And uh, I lost my Zippo, so I'm using this big You lighter. lost your Zippo? Sorry, guys. You yeah. lost your Zippo? I, well, I I just Is haven't it? found it since I unpacked. Okay, so it's just around. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, that would be a damn shame because that was a fine Zippo. Mm-hmm. We should just get some matches and just keep uh, keep like a nice box of matches. Yeah. There's something about lighting a pipe with a match that's yeah. just classic. Yeah. You know, like I've always heard. It's hard to do, though. I've never figured out the right balance on how to get that going properly. Uh, yeah, it takes a couple. It, well, I don't know. I mean, as we've as we've talked about before on the show, it's a tis an art to uh, light a pipe and keep it lit. It's true. And uh, I believe that most of the guys who would be able to light it with one match have been either at it for a while or they just have natural talent. Mm-hmm. The rest of us plebes. Have to resort to maybe two or three matches to, maybe. to make it work. Um, by the way, yeah. Um, yeah. I got to mention this at the front end of the show. Yeah. Um, the Gentleman's Golf Law podcast right now is in the running in the the, the My Roadcast competition. Cue tiny claps. Cue tiny claps. Um, I should have had it on the soundboard. That would have been... <laughs> um, so if you want, uh, to help support the show, you can go there and, uh, you can go to gentlemanscofflaw.com slash vote and that'll forward you to our page on the contest and click the vote now button. And, uh, yep. that'll help, uh, help us with the audience choice award and, uh, yep. also help us get uh, seen in front of the judges too. Just remember if, if we win, you win. Yeah. I'll let you figure that one out. It'll be a big upgrade for the Gentleman's Golf Club podcast. Um, also, uh, do you see this uh, going on over the last couple of weeks here? Seen, Donovan? You seen, 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 seen this? this? You heard about this? this? You hear about this? Yeah, um, this that the man and his dog got uh, trapped in his car. Indeed. In the snow. It happens on occasion. Yeah. And uh, survived on Taco Bell sauce packets. I did. I saw this. Uh, you know, Taco Bell had a a banner week, uh, as they say. Yeah. It was a banner week at the Taco <laughs> Bell family. Uh, anybody gets that reference? <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so I heard that story, which was basically that a man got trapped with his dog. He got snowed in for five days, I believe it was, and he and the dog uh, survived on fire packets, like like the hottest Taco Bell packets that there are. And um, 
anyways, they got rescued and uh, Taco Bell saw fit to award this man a year's free supply of Taco Bell. Which actually, I'd like to know the details of that. Like, I wonder if like he can like literally go into Taco Bell and like order as much as he wants, or if there's like a limit. There's probably a limit, (laughs) probably. But that being said, um, that's probably a good thing too. There should be a limit. I mean, couldn't you survive a few days though without food anyway? Oh, for sure. So I I don't know. As Jocko told us our last podcast, people can survive thirty days without food, but. It's best if you have food to eat it. <laughs> it's best. Um, I don't. But what kind of nutrition would Taco Bell packets provide to uh, to someone in that situation? Well, there'd be some sodium in there. I'm pretty sure there'd probably be some sort of uh, cornstarch and uh, 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 like some sort of oils. Uh, I'm not a scientist. Now you're making stuff but- up. Okay, so they gave this guy life, uh, or no, uh, your supply free of Taco Bell. Meanwhile, in Philadelphia, <laughs> in other news, there's a Taco Bell in Philly that um, apparently was taking quite a long time to fulfill its orders. Uh, we're talking like 45 minutes to an hour, which is, I would say most people would say that's unacceptable. Yeah, that's... Why would you stay that long in a Taco Bell? That's a good question. At some point, you would just get up and leave whether you got your they, refund or not. It's uh, not they worth must it. Have, they must have been purists. But either way, <laughs> purists. this guy got, and several other customers, got very indignant with the uh, with the crew at this Taco Bell and were, you know, really pissed off. And he went up and made a big thing of it. And he was walking out. And this is after he'd been waiting 45 minutes. And his girlfriend was outside. And about six Taco Bell employees jumped the counter, followed him out, and basically beat the hell out of him and his girlfriend. Jeez. Which isn't funny, but this is the fun. This is the joke. So, in there's video of this. Like, it's kind of ridiculous. Like, it's almost like you couldn't make it up. Like, it, I, it, I, I, who knows? If, it's probably not staged. I think it's real. <laughs> and he contacts Taco Bell, and he, uh, <laughs> he asked them to uh you know give them give him the names of the people so he could charge them and uh, they said we're not doing that and they sent him a $20 gift certificate <laughs> or $20 gift card so you know you survive on you you provide Taco Bell with good publicity by almost starving to death uh and you get a year's free supply you get the shit beating beat out of you and you get $20 so that's go. the moral of that story folks that's, that that you know, Taco Bell's a good place for this stuff. I was gonna, I was gonna say they should. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna make sure that the name on the victim wasn't Jesse Smollett. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shots fired! I mean, he, I, dude, that after, guy deserved it. Subway, I, I, I went and got Subway after that story. <laughs> it's like this is making me hungry. It's like that. That's the kind of weird. Like I am. I we talked about this before on the podcast. Like I am like the target audience for product placement like (laughs) like if you if if a hate crime occurs outside a subway and i read about it one i think that's terrible two i think i know exactly where i'm going for lunch today (laughs) like homer simpson yeah seriously (laughs) basically um have you seen this is brand new just going around the last couple of days this varsity blues uh oh yeah with uh uh becky the the, the becky from full house i used to have a big crush on her as a kid oh yeah she was she she was was an older woman she was well she was probably what like in her 20s or something yeah but but i was like that was nice (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
You were just a little nine year old. <clears throat> uh, no, yeah, I, I I had a crush on her too. I mean, uh, to be fair, I think she was like the only woman on Full House, so yeah. you know that made sense. But uh, yeah, who would have known? Who would have thought that Becky would be the the cause of all this, along with Felicity Huffman? AKA, uh, Which I don't really know who she is. She's like from Desperate Housewives. I've never and seen also the married show. to married to uh, William H Macy. Oh, really? Yeah, who's probably complicit in this as well. Oh, geez. As much as I hate to say that, because I do like William H Macy. Me too. I'm a big Jurassic Park three fan. But uh, this great state of Vermont <laughs> would not apologize for its. Oh cottage. yeah, that actually—that's actually hilarious. That—that that is a great movie. movie. <laughs> that is a great one of movie. my favorites. Very underrated. But uh, anyway, so that that whole story was, I guess, uh, they were paying, they were bribing people to extend admission windows and I think add to SAT scores in order to get their kids into colleges that they wanted to and from what i hear it was like hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars was be and i mean this isn't just them it sounds like it's a network but like like a lot of money was being spent on this stuff and at that point if you're spending like 6.5 million dollars to send your kid to like an ivy league school you may as well just build your own ivy league school (laughs) like in your backyard like yeah but you gotta understand donovan these um, parents just wanted a better life for their kids. Oh, absolutely. Wouldn't you do the same? No. <laughs> no, I would not. But, uh, and I'm not high on my horse about that kind of stuff. I mean, I was telling you about this earlier. It's like, I just like, I, in the large scheme of things, I look at the time these people are getting for this kind of a crime. Wasn't it like 20 years in prison or something? Well, one guy, the guy who orchestrated all of it, my sister who's in law school said that he is apparently in the running to get like 60 years. Wow. Which comparatively to some That's like- a lot. Like comparatively to some yeah. really bad people out there yeah. who have gotten way less. And I'm not talking like scammers. I'm talking about like people who have like seriously abused like people- and uh like Ted Bundy not he, he's dead so he, he, Ted, we don't have to worry about Ted anymore no. <laughs> but uh but anyways the point is is that like like I'll, I'll usually just kind of brush this stuff aside but I look at this case and I'm like yeah these people they're just you know they they just they did the wrong thing they thought no one was looking yep and that's they what got they got their hand caught in the that's the, what happens the, that collegial cookie jar. That's what happens. And the, um, and the and the kids are spoiled rotten too. At least one of them is the Becky Becky's daughter. It's like I I was. You want to talk about toxic, toxic femininity? That girl, terrible. <laughs> she's just like like vapid. Is yeah. like I mean you know I'm I don't think she's a minor. I don't think I'd get in trouble for calling her that. But like yeah, like basically. <laughs> Like that kind of a person, you're just like, yeah, you're kind of, you're just spoiled rotten. You're kind mm. of vapid. MSNBC is coming for you for what you said on the Gentleman's Golf Out podcast. <laughs> just, oh. yeah, just cut to me tomorrow morning on Rachel Maddow with a very disheveled look. Like, I don't know where I am. Like, oh, <laughs> how did this a, happen? Oh my gosh, I'm a star. 
Yeah. <laughs> you got to apologize. You got to apologize. Never. All right. Uh, you know what? Let's go take a quick break and we're going to come back and uh, reminisce on some things that happened the last couple of years. Gentlemen's Cough Law Podcast and go to some listener voicemail too. Um, so uh, stay tuned. Gentlemen, gentlemen, gentlemen. I wanted to take a moment to tell you about this year's Big Shave Southwest event. What is it, you ask? Well, it's an awesome annual event put on every year for shaving enthusiasts. The event is run by our good friend Douglas Smythe over at Phoenix Shaving, and it's basically like the Comic-Con or the Vans Warp Tour of shaving. Uh, all your favorite traditional men's grooming products and vendors under one roof. Donovan and I have gone uh, the last couple of years and uh, always have a great time. And this year, we will be recording a live episode of the Gentleman's Golf Law podcast right there at the event. And uh, maybe, just maybe... I might shave my beard, but you didn't hear it from me. And uh, best of all, guys, admission for this event is free. So go ahead and mark your calendar for the weekend of April 27th and join us in Phoenix, Arizona for all the festivities. For more information, go to BigShaveSouthwest.com to find out more and make your plans. You won't want to miss out on this, guys, and we can't wait to see you there. Fairly well to you, my own true love. I'm going far away. I'm off to pulpit of love, just south of Belfast, Maine. So fare well, my own true love. When I return, united we will be. It's not the Sounds like a song that I'll be singing at the pub this uh, this St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, new music from uh, our 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 band, the Poor Men, that does our 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 bumps uh, this weekend. Just just came out um, for in time for your St. Patrick's Patrick's Day uh, festivities. (laughs) Um, uh, Yeah, it's the the St. Patty's double shot. You can go to thepoormen.bandcamp.com and uh, download them and uh, play them at your St. Patty's Day parties. They're great, man. Yeah. I mean, like that's like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's just the kind of music just gets you pumped. Yeah, it's great. Definitely for, great for us. All their albums are great too. I've listened to, all, you know, I, I, I throw them on every now and then. Um, it's always funny when the bumps come on from the show because I've yeah. heard those ones over and over and over. But uh, it's it's funny. <laughs> Is that why your eyes are rolling in the back of your head and you start to convulse? No, but I think that I think that the podcast is starting whenever I hear like, oh no, oh, no it's yeah. on my playlist. Never mind, never mind. Um, well, tis tis the season to look look those uh, those songs up. And, yeah, definitely. And throw some support their way. Um, speaking of the Gentleman's Scofflaw podcast, mm-hmm. uh, two years. Two years since yep. we started on St. Patrick's Day two years ago. Yep. Um, do you have any any sort of stories or memories or favorite moments um, that happened in the last couple of years? All right. Well, <clears throat> there's um, – I, I love how I just like cleared my throat right into the mic and then decided <laughs> to move away. Right <clears throat> <after>. <clears throat> um, I, I'd say – Gosh, they're like you, you, you hit me with this right before the podcast. 
And now like I was, I was like scrambling for ideas because like I, I, you know, the flood of memories. And then now I'm like, I've got like half a dozen in my head that I want to go through, but I'm gonna have to pick. So, um, all right. So there was that, I'm not going to say the guest. Oh no. I think I know what you're going to say. Yeah. I'm not going to say the guest. This is the one I was going to pick too. Really? Okay. Yeah. Well maybe we can, we can, we can do that. Okay. Well, I'll, we do I'll it save together. That. How about, how about, well, how about I'll save that for you and then I'll do another oh, one. All right. That I fine. Like. Fine. Um, I really, I, I'm, this is unrelated to that first one that I'm going to say for later, but I really, really enjoyed, uh, the interview with, um, uh, the, uh, freaking uh, the the Hulu uh, improv comedian. What's his? Oh yeah, John blank. Lear. Yeah, John Lear. Um, I I I that was a great interview. Yeah. He was hilarious. He was very he very was. very very kind gentleman and very very talented. So that was awesome. I remember that like got me super pumped early on because like I think we were kind of in the f- swing of things and we were like you know we were yeah. moving into it. We were just starting to get like not we we had decent guests but we were just trying guest. to get you know people that are yeah. that more they're more kind of household names yeah he was a great storyteller and he was great hopefully we can have him on the podcast at some point yeah maybe see what he's doing but um uh i i just i out of all the stuff that i remember uh one thing sticks out to me in particular uh that one time we were I'm trying to remember what i think it was it around the time of the Conor McGregor fight uh, back in 2017 or something and Floyd Mayweather and Conor McGregor? But we had that we we had that pop up table that was kind of. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. That was terrible. that episode. And just my brother was on that episode. and He made yeah, fun of us. And we had that pop up table and uh, it seems sturdy enough. Yeah. And we were drinking chocolate stouts out of our beer steins. And I just remember hearing a clink. <laughs> And then all of a sudden, the right side, and this is on the podcast yeah, for anybody who wants to leave it, like who wants to look it up, because we just kept rolling with it. Yeah. But the the right side of the table just all of a sudden gives way and collapses. <laughs> and uh, it like collapsed to the ground so that there was like an angle. And I remember I was holding my beer stein, and then mm-hmm. your beer stein started to slide off and it was full <laughs> yeah, of chocolate ale. Yeah. And I was like, Oh my gosh, this is going to go all over the carpet. And in an epic move that I can't believe even happened, I caught it midway in the air and you yeah. can hear my ring clink against <laughs> the glass on the, and I remember being in such shock, but just like continuing on with the yeah. podcast, it was a boss move. I'm pretty proud of <laughs> it. It's pretty cool. If I, what, you know, when I die, I will definitely pass it on yeah, to whoever is yeah. there at my deathbed. I'll be like, yeah, I once caught a beer stein when, uh, when a table collapsed yeah. and didn't spill a drop. <laughs> um, so yeah, that was a fun, that, that was, kind of, <laughs> that was kind of a fun impromptu moment. And yeah. of course all other memory, I mean, you know, it's every, every podcast has been, had something great. Yeah. I mean, we've always, We've always had some 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 good times. So the one I'm thinking about um, is one of our first few episodes. Uh, Johnny Boy booked a guest for us who graciously came on the show, but I had not, and you and I had not prepared as much as he did um, for this guest. And uh, our questions were: if you go back and listen to it, if you want to find it, go ahead and look for it. I'm not going to say which one it was. But there was a moment when the guest, 
<laughs> I, I just start well, laughing when I think of it. The guest was talk talking. Yeah. And I went in to ask a question that I knew nothing about about one of his uh, well, thing. One of his things he was talking think, about. Well, here's what I think. What here's yeah. what I think happened. Um, we were sitting there. We we had we had we had a pretty interesting topic to top. Oh talk yeah, about. it was an interesting show. Originally, he had. An interesting top topic. And then I think we asked him, is there anything else that you're doing? And at that point, it was already starting to drag. Like the interview was starting to drag. I feel like we were both exhausted. Like it was like that high energy that you get when you start to interview somebody yeah. had worn away. And he starts going into very, very deep detail about a different project they had going on. Over something that really was like out of our wheelhouse, like we didn't know much about. And I think I started to laugh off to the side. I don't know why. No, because I started trying to ask a question. And I was BSing my way through it. But I don't and know. You guys were laughing. I don't, yeah, I, you were I the first see one John, to start. It wasn't your fault, Johnny though, on the live because, feed, and then me, and yeah. the guest well, wasn't I, seeing I us. I just remember. Yeah, he couldn't see us. And, and so, and I just, here's what I remember what happened. Okay, okay. okay. I, st- I started asking a question. And at one point, because you guys were both smiling and laughing off, camera i I kept stopping my question and laughing like i am now where i went i went so uh when you worked on the (laughs) when you worked on the no 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 it was it was that sort of like you you at one point got on like at first you went off to the side and you composed yourself and then you and then you came back and you were like so how <sighs> you like you did that thing that a lot of people do where like you'll you almost tremble you're you're trying to hold it in so much like i've had this when i'm no. laughing at something at my computer at work like i'll stop and i'll go like <sighs> like trying to hold it in but it sounds so much weirder. Oh man. Anyways, but yes, yes. And, so that yeah, happened. and then I and then I said, I'm sorry. We're having we're having connection issues. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? All right. Yeah, but it was <laughs> it was so it was so bad because basically what uh, what what the precursor was is that Johnny and I started to I, I don't know why I started laughing so hard. Like I wasn't looking for an opportunity to laugh. No. I think I may have just been tired, and I was sort of finding the whole situation kind of funny because he he was just sort of like a huge nerd on this subject <laughs> that was so obscure. And I, um, I don't even remember what it was. Now. I, do. I, I don't even what remember it what it is. Well, you'll have to tell me after the podcast, but yeah. anyways, I, I literally left the table and went around into your kitchen and started to like cry, laugh <laughs> silently. That. Like I was like weeping, laughing by myself. I thought I got it all out of my system came back around and then figured out that I didn't. And when you lost it, I really started to lose it. And we had to cut the feed for him. Yeah. Like we had to pretend we were having technical difficulties yeah. for, I'd say maybe like a good 30 to 45 seconds to compose ourselves and come back on and actually be able to carry on the interview. Like it was, it was one of those moments where I literally couldn't control myself. Yeah, I was the same it was way so odd. And it was, I felt sorry for the guy, but I also knew, I think I got the sense that he didn't understand, like he didn't know what was going on. No, he had no clue. So I'm glad that he, he didn't was walking know around we on laughing. a cell phone talking. Like he didn't know, he couldn't see or really hear very right, well. Right. And so he had no clue. Uh, oh my man. gosh. That was, that was, that was an interesting episode. <laughs> and it was, 
Yeah. I mean, it was just one of those. I've had a few moments of that in my life where I just like can't contain my laughter and it's super embarrassing. Yeah. But that was, that was an interesting one. That was the first <laughs> one on the podcast. You know what? Let's, let's go to a little, uh, little segment we like to call Listener Mail. Right. Um, we posted out on social media a little earlier about, uh, you know, this is our two year anniversary. Call in, uh, tell us, you know, your thoughts. <laughs> Just oh boy. leave us a voicemail. Can't wait to hear it. Can't wait to hear these characters. Um, so if they're anything like our previous, uh, by the way, if you want to support the show, you could go to, uh, you know, iTunes and leave us a review, Indeed. which we read a lot on here. We yep. normally read read iTunes reviews when yes. they're available. You will get a shout out. You will get a shout out. We'll read your review on the show. And that also helps us with search rankings. It also helps us with, uh, you know, uh, just to, to, to have some fodder to talk about on the show. We really enjoy reading your reviews, and some of them are really funny. It's good to get feedback. Uh, last yeah, last time, somebody, somebody told me something that I already knew, but something yeah. that I've been trying to work on more and more lately, which is that I say like a lot when yeah. I'm trying to fill in words so <laughs> yeah. i'm going to do my best not to annoy the viewer with my uh my likes try my not us, to but try also to. also screw that guy <laughs> yeah <laughs> also if you want to leave us a voicemail you could call the number man 81 scoff two f's and uh that'll take you to our voicemail leave us a voicemail and uh we'll play it on the show all right, uh, let's go to the, one of the first voicemails here, um, and uh, let's see what they have to say. Jordan Donovan, two years. Oh, my goodness. Can oh, you remember guy. our first podcast, who the this guest guy. was, what our topics were? I sure can't. Uh, <laughs> you know, all I got to say is uh, you, know, you chew popcorn on here <laughs> one time and you're banned for life. Really? Is that the litmus test? It's super loud. Yeah. All right, have fun, guys. You know, I, I don't know what to say. I, I, I'll keep listening, but I'll do it with a straight face, and I'll try not to crack a smile. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, gosh. Oh, Johnny Boy. We miss Johnny Boy. Oh, we sure do. Thanks for calling in, and uh, he'll he be back on. Forever in our hearts. Yeah. Banished, banished as he may banished, be. Banished, yeah. Sometimes we... Banished is what happens. Yeah, I mean, like... We don't mess just, around here. You can't... Uh, can't chew popcorn into a microphone and uh, uh, still just, keep your job. Should have known better. <laughs> should have known better. All right, uh, this next one here. Hi, ma'am. That's Jean-Guy uh, Tremblay, a long-time listener, first-time caller, voicemailer, I guess. <laughs> hey, ma'am, uh, you know you do the show. Uh, I like uh, to uh, to listen it when uh, you know I'm not on my phone. I use internet, and uh, you do. You drink your uh, the bourbon and you smoke the pipe uh, very much, you know, and you seem to know a lot about it. Uh, so I, that's good. Keep doing it. Uh, have fun, but I think you might have a problem with drug. <laughs> what? With 
drugs. <laughs> with drugs. Yeah. <laughs> oh. You know, I wonder if that guy's favorite movie is uh, Star is Born. Maybe. No. Uh, what is it with all the French Canadians that's, that that's, we're attracting? That's actually, he said his name was Jean-Guy Tremblay. That's, that's Pierre's uh, half-brother. <sighs> Pierre's it. Arsh- uh, Pierre Archibald's half-brother. What is with the uh, French Canadians that we seem to be? Uh, We're really big in Quebec. You, I thought you left that behind you. <laughs> no, I thought oh so too. Goodness. They just keep following me. All right, let's go that Drugs. Next. Does he know something I don't know? <laughs> well, I guess alcohol and tobacco are. Are they drugs? Maybe. Maybe it's, it's drugs, drugs of choice. Yeah. Happy anniversary, gentlemen! Scofflaw podcast. That's so fantastic. Very happy for you. You know, it reminds me of my own anniversary with my wife, Janice, ex-wife. But uh, you don't want to know about this. This is a happy day for you. Oh, boy. Janice left me for our insurance adjuster, Harold Smatchett, who was appraising uh, my total Ford probe. But come on, you know, I don't want to depress you. This is a sad story, and it's a good day for you. I was fired the next day from Shakey's Pizzeria. I was allergic oh. to the cheese, so I always had this bad rash all over. But come on, poor Tony, what am I doing? What am I doing? This is a good day. Speaking of days, to this day, I still get a rash just thinking about pizza and Janice and Harold Smatchy. Anyways, happy anniversary. Have a good one. <laughs> all right. Well, now I have to go thank, to Shakey's. Thank you, Tony, for that. Uh, appreciate that. Wow. Appreciate the well wishes. Gosh, that. Depressed. <laughs> it sounds does pretty depressing story there. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's go to that last uh, cut over there. Hey, just the fucking gentleman, Scafla. Yeah, well, I'm your downstairs fucking neighbor, and this has got to stop. Oh. I'm a huge fan of the show and all, but <laughs> the car is in my spot. You gotta stop parking that car in my spot. Mm. Have a great show. <laughs> <laughs> that was a to quote Jocko. There was a serious dichotomy to that guy's, uh, or or should I say, bipolarism yeah, yeah. to that guy's uh, message. It seemed like he was a fan, but he was also I'm not sorry. a fan. He said he was a neighbor. I know that guy. He's Downstairs? my neighbor. Yeah, yeah let's give him a, I guess a nice always, a nice tap just nice for tap. good measure. Um, yeah, I'm sorry I parked in your spot, man. Um, I'll try not to do it again. It happens sometimes. Donovan needs a place to park when he's here recording. Sometimes, sometimes we hit the bottle a little bit too hard, and we forget which parking spots are. Is what can we say? <laughs> exactly. All right, let's take a quick break, and we'll be back with Doctor Sean T. Smith. Oh yeah. Hello, gentlemen, scofflaws. Thanks so much for being a loyal listener of the show. And your feedback and support is really what keeps us going. It means a lot to us. So sincerely, thank you again. Now, if you're a fan of the show and you want to take your support to the next level, why not support the show on Patreon? We offer all sorts of extras on there like outtakes, extended interviews, a bonus movie podcast, and behind-the-scenes content. Better yet, we have options that start as little as a dollar a month. You pay more for that at a park meter to go in and grab a cup of coffee at Starbucks. See what I did there? If you're interested in helping support the show, please check out patreon.com slash gentscofflaw or click the support link on the website. Again, that's patreon.com slash gentscofflaw. We look forward to having you as part of our team. All right, Donovan, I'm um, excited to have this guest. Um, I've been following him on YouTube for a little while now. Um, and, uh, I, I sent you a bunch of his videos. Yeah. They're very entertaining and very informative. Yeah. Uh, Dr. Sean T. Smith. Thank you so much for coming on the show. 
Hey guys, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, first off, um, I want our listeners who don't know you to kind of get a little bit of a background about you. Um, you know, how you got into psychology and how you, maybe how you started this YouTube channel. Well, I got into psychology, I guess, when I was a little kid. My father owned a bar, and it was in Commerce City, Colorado, which is this industrial uh, area north of Denver. And it was I grew up in this bar. I spent my nights and weekends there during the formative years, and it got me very interested in how people function, and particularly mm-hmm. watching how my father handled people because he was very good at it. So I think I've been a psychologist since I was a kid. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's not how it seems to happen with a lot of people. They just, you know, they start as a kid. I mean, I was, I was as a kid borrowing my dad's video camera and making, um, movies. And, uh, I was like probably about like six or seven when I, when I did that and haven't done anything else since the formative so. years. <laughs> it's always cool to like, to hear that as as opposed to, you know, oh, I didn't know. And I figured I major in this or whatever. So, <laughs> so yeah, you look like an easy way to make a buck. Yeah. Yeah. So that wasn't you, me. Would you just, would you hang out in the bar? Like while your while your dad worked, did he typically 10 bar or what, what, like, did he just own? the place well it was a bar and restaurant so he was always working and i was always working so i was washing dishes or scrubbing floors or hauling beer stocking the bar or cleaning up the parking lot and it was a blast i mean there's there's no better life than being a a 10 year old kid in a truck stop it's just the best (laughs) i always hear too like anyone who's worked in you know the service industry or in a restaurant they're like that's the best way to learn about people is to is to work in that environment (laughs) for sure yeah (laughs) all right um let's talk a little bit about so like the 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 first uh video that i stumbled upon um you were talking about uh the apa um guidelines um in term and could you help explain uh, to our listeners a little bit of background about that? Uh, there are some new guidelines that came out. Um, I guess that yeah, I'll let you take it from there. Okay. Well, the American Psychological Association is this group that is the largest accrediting body, body for um, psychology training programs, and they guide the careers of professionals like myself. And they do a lot of uh, I guess, compiling work and so forth. And they have these treatment guidelines for various populations. Like there's a set of treatment guidelines for working with women and girls and, uh, you know, these various different kind of treatment guidelines that they put out. And they recently came out with one called uh, Treatment Guidelines for Working with Boys and Men. And it has received a lot of attention because it appears to be very anti-male And Mm -hmm. when you dig into the research and you really start looking at what's in these guidelines and what went into these guidelines, it is for sure anti-male. It's driven by a feminist ideology. And this isn't your grandmother's respectable feminism. This is like (laughs) campus feminism. They they do not like men. Yeah. That's interesting because I – I guess I don't really know like what I guess camp I am in terms of politically. I'm kind of like down the middle, um, but it's interesting to see something that it's so that's as simple as you know gender and biology being being this politicized nowadays. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing to watch, and uh, the, these frame these guidelines really frame men as the source of problems in society. And it all stems from male privilege and male power and the fact that males oppress everybody. And then and there's this hierarchy with white heterosexual males at the top oppressing everybody beneath them, but then everybody beneath them is pressing somebody. And it's like turtles all the way down, just everybody's being oppressed by somebody. Yeah. And it's it's kind of an ugly way to view the world. And it's not a very productive way to view the world. 
Yeah, and I hear the the term that gets thrown around a lot, the idea of to, uh, toxic masculinity. And I'm like, the thing that I, I'd say is like, well, there's toxic people, but I mean, to- why is right. it toxic masculinity? I mean, if those same toxic traits were in a female, that that, that would be that would be toxic, toxic too. Femininity. So why why is this term so prevalent nowadays? You hear it. I mean, with the the new like Gillette ads and all this stuff, you're just seeing it thrown around so much in the media. Yeah, it's getting to the point where any type of masculinity is considered toxic masculinity. And in the guidelines, the APA doesn't use the term toxic masculinity, but they stop sh- just short of using the term. They, they imply it. For instance, there's one line that's gotten a lot of play, and probably everybody's heard it by now. They, they wrote that the main thrust of the subsequent research uh, is that traditional masculinity marked by stoicism, competitiveness, dominance, and aggression is on the whole harmful. So they make this blanket statement. And it includes all of these charged terms that really need to be broken down that don't get broken down very well in the guidelines. Like, okay, you could could take stoicism. Well, what is stoicism? Well, for one thing, it's a philosophy and it's very helpful philosophy. But stoicism in the vernacular sense is just the ability to contain your emotions when things are falling apart around you. It's a very good skill to have. And they make the point in the guidelines that too much – well, I don't know if they say too much stoicism is a bad thing. I will say that too much stoicism can be a destructive thing. They sort of lump it all together that stoicism itself is a harmful thing. Yeah. And we could break down each one of these things they've talked about, competitiveness, dominance, aggression. You know, they all have pluses and minuses to them. But the APA has clearly painted the image that masculinity is toxic. Well, let's let's go into that then. Some of those things that they mentioned there, Let's break, I'd love to break down some of that and see – you know, what, what the positives are of each of those things that they mentioned in a negative light. So you mentioned stoicism. What was the next thing on the list? Well, the next thing they seem to really have a bug up their butt about is competitiveness. Uh, (laughs) This is, and again, you know, too much competitiveness. Yeah. If you're walking over people and you're crushing people to get to your goal, I suppose that's, that's a harmful thing. Nobody would, I don't think any reasonable person would dispute this, but they are tying just competitiveness in general to masculinity because you see men as generally competitive and the standard that we're measuring things by is women. So women being less competitive, which by the way, they're not. Um, But if we, (laughs) if we compare the two genders and women are the goal standard, then men are coming up short because they're more competitive. Okay. And I mean, why would competitive be negative? What's, what's, what's a positive side of competitiveness? Why does, why is that a good trait for a male to have? Well, I made the point in one of my videos that was very critical of the APA that everyone in the APA who is criticizing competitiveness probably has a nice computer and a nice house and a nice iPhone that they're working with. And they live in a society that affords them the possibility to say whatever dumbass thing they want to say <laughs> without punishment. And these are all the product of people and ideas competing with each other. So how is this a bad thing? It's just a thing that people do that can be used to bad purposes. Yeah, for sure. And, and the next the next thing on their list, they said, uh, I'm tr- I've had the quote here in front of me, but you just read it. I, I'm trying to re- do you have it in front of you? Yeah, it's the, the next one is dominance. Dominance. Which that yes. sounds like a negative thing right off the bat, dominance. But well, it kind of does, yeah. and they don't define it very well in the guidelines. But the ugly truth is that we are a hierarchical species. 
Yeah. And we we arrange ourselves in hierarchies and we have leaders and followers and people can trade places, by the way. You know, a guy can be a leader. I say guy because we're talking about men here. A guy can be a leader in one context and a follower in another. And men are very good at switching back and forth. Women aren't women don't have that skill. They have other skills that we don't have naturally and effortlessly. But um, one of ours is the ability to sort of fall into a hierarchy. And these hierarchies one could make a reasonable argument that they're pretty darn productive. You know, if you're, if you're no. out on the Savannah tens of thousands of years ago and you're out trying to catch dinner, it's good to have a leader and it's good to have people working in roles yeah. and, and, you know, have a team that's functioning together that requires dominance, somebody being at the top and that requires uh, teamwork. Yeah. So it's the dominance side is, is actually, it's, it's, it sounds like the word dominance is, sounds like the negative side of like leadership, like leadership is the positive connotation of somebody then, who's saying that, you know, it's even like, I, I hear people talking about like, you want to dominate in your field. You yeah. Know? I mean like that, that's a positive, I mean, in my, in my view, that's like a positive connotation, you know, uh, yeah. associated with that word. Yeah. So I think, I think, I mean, honestly, I think, I think that it's become more negative because of the light that's been shown on it these days. But I, I still find that, you know, if you're, you know, dominating in a certain area, it's, it's not a bad thing, especially if you, well, you know, and, and one way to good. think about it is that dominance done well is called leadership. Yeah. And it's yeah. something that that's a skill that's sought after. Yeah, definitely. Yep. I mean, you go to the bookstore and how many hundreds of thousands of books are there about, about leadership? Right. We just had Jocko on. We talked to him about it. But. Exactly. There you yeah. go. Yeah, <laughs> he wrote the book on it. Right? Well, yeah. and, and and even like what he was talking about, it's like, you know, uh, extreme ownership yeah. is a form of dominance. You know, I mean, ownership of anything is, mm. is in some way a form of dominance. So it's like, I, I feel like it's it's that balance that needs to be struck. But I think radical politics oftentimes don't leave room for that kind of balance, which is uh, – sad. It's, it's, yeah. And, and what is really sad about the APA guidelines is that they, they really are informed and infused by radical ideology. And right. there shouldn't be any ideology in science. It should be just be following the data where it goes. And had they followed the data where it goes regarding men, they would have reached some of the same conclusions, but they would have reached a lot of very different conclusions as well. So the, the idea of aggression, aggression is always, they always say male aggression is destructive. What, what would you say to that? Well, aggression is another thing that people do, and it can be it can be destructive or it can be constructive. You know, if if you're aggressively pursuing a goal, I guess that would be a useful thing, right? Unless you're yeah. stepping on people to get there. But if you're being physically aggressive, that would be a bad thing. The problem with another problem with the APA guidelines is they don't really make these kinds of distinctions between positive aggression and negative aggression. It's just more associated with men, and in their view, so therefore it's uh, it's bad. Yeah. And one thing too, that, that, I mean, I've, we've talked about this before, like when you're a boy growing up and you grew up with brothers mm -hmm. or maybe cousins or, or friends, you, you, you know, you figure out like this, like you get your aggression out by, you know, playing around and wrestling and roughhousing. Right. And you, that's where you start to learn the kind of like the limits of it and how to control it, you know, as a male. I don't know. I just think of that as a, as, as kids or if I don't have that, 
kind of baseline, that's where I could have a negative aggression, um, you know, as I grow up later in life, become a bully or getting into bar fights or that kind of thing. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, you, you do know. I mean, you're hitting it right on the head. If you watch puppies and kittens, what do they do? Well, they, they play and they're practicing their predatory behavior. So they're learning how to exercise their predatory behavior, but they're also learning how to relate with each other. Learning, they're learning where their limits are. And boys love to roughhouse and roughhousing is great. I'm a 51 year old boy. I still like to roughhouse. Um, and <laughs> you're exactly right that if we just write off aggression as a bad thing, then we don't learn how to manage aggression and then it becomes dangerous. Yeah, for sure. And I, it's funny. I, um, I worked with, uh, I don't know if you know the, the Gracie jujitsu there are that family they, they kind of founded the UFC and, and they're kind of yeah. famous for bringing jujitsu to the, or Brazilian jujitsu to the United States. Um, Henner Gracie and his brother, they have a, um, a class called bully proof, uh, that they do at their gym here in, in Torrance. And one of the things that they actually do is not only teach kids on, on how to deal with bullies and, 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 and how to defuse fights, they actually put bullies in the program. And because uh -huh. they actually go through there and get a sense of comp confidence and know how to use their and control their aggression, yeah. they end up not being bullies anymore because they see a positive form of aggression. Yeah, that's a brilliant point that, you know, what the APA and so many people see as inherently destructive aggression, well, teaching aggression, turns out, is actually the cure to aggression. <laughs> that's so counterintuitive, but I love it. It is. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, I mean, how this takes us to kind of a bigger question in terms of, like, is mas masculinity, it seems like the APA wants to say that it's a social construct. It's something that it's a, how you're raised is how is why, how society is raised men is why there are these negative quote unquote uh, things that we were talking about. What do you have to say about that? How does that, is that, is that possible? Is there like a, a, a nurture versus nature kind of thing? Or are there things that are just inherently male and inherently female from birth? Yeah, it's it's an interesting thing with the APN. I feel kind of bad. I'm picking on them relentlessly, right? but um, <laughs> I've been trying to get them to debate me, and they just will not even. They won't even communicate oh, with me because no. I want to debate these guidelines. Sounds but right. that's a very old question: is it, <laughs> is it nature versus nurture? Yeah. Are we a blank slate? And I think that anybody who falls. 100% on either side of that equation is missing half the data because yes, we are nature and yes, we are nurture. And uh, the APA is interesting because when it comes to people uh, switching genders and so forth, they, they get uh, they take one stance, but then when it comes to men, they, they take another stance, you know, on one side it's biology, but and then on the other side with masculinity, it's all socially constructed. So they yeah. are on the, mm -hmm. apparently with men, they are 100% on the, it's all nurture side, which yeah. is ridiculous. Men and women are physically different. We can see it in our bodies. We can see it in the brain. We can see it. Uh, there was a study that came out a couple weeks ago talking about the differences in male and female brains showing up in the second trimester trimester of pregnancy. Like that's how early we start to differentiate in our brains. And we're still the same species and we have a lot more in common than, than not. But, yeah. you know, if you're saying that we're all nature, then you're ignoring the fact that yes, we are socialized. And if you say that we're only socialized, then you're ignoring the fact that there are biological factors. 
Yeah. I mean, what's the kind of backlash that can come from something like this, from teaching a bunch of a bunch of shrinks to treat males almost as if it's like, from what you're saying, it almost sounds like as if it's a mental disorder. <laughs> yeah, they, they stop short of calling it a mental disorder, but they don't stop short by much. <laughs> they, they treat it as a collection of traits that really needs to be cured. And because they view it as a social construct, then we can, uh, I guess, re-educate men into being less masculine, which I think is kind of a dangerous notion and it's an untested notion and I'm not sure they know what they're doing there. Yeah. You know, and I see that too, like even in myself growing up as a millennial, there are certain ways I've thought about it, uh, being a male or way, or just ways to live life that's different than my father's generation where I'm like, I'm really like a giant baby. Like that's what I realized <laughs> a couple of years ago where I was, what, wasn't. What, what do you mean giant baby? I don't know. Like you've seen a lot of men like later in life, like developing later in life. Like we're in earlier generations, you know, men were like fathers by 20 and they had, you know, Storming storm the beaches in Normandy. <laughs> Storming you know? the beaches in Normandy. And here I am, in a, you know, in an LA apartment recording a podcast. <laughs> it's like, it's not the same. <laughs> well, they also died at 40, not That's too long true. ago. That's we, true. We got a lot more time to sort of sort things out in our lives. Yeah. It, is, it is interesting, the concept of, you know, what you're talking about, like socialization and how, you know, we've gotten to a point, it seems like in civilization where things have become so like, you know, people are like life expectancy has gone up and, you know, we're much more comfortable. Um, and I feel like I've always held that it seems like that leaves that comfort zone kind of gives us the privilege to kind of start to mess with these concepts. Um, and, uh, and, and just start like, I guess, philosophy, philosophizing, <laughs> philosophizing about it. Um, what do you say, what, what, what do you say is kind of the antidote to that, like to that environment or ecosystem that we're living in where it seems like men, uh, maybe don't have the same opportunities that, nature would have provided men in the past to, to kind of take on their masculinity as a rite of passage. Well, I think you have to, you, you find your own mountains to climb. And I think you surround yourself with other men who are interested in becoming the best versions of themselves. Mm. And that's how men grow and learn. And that's how we did it a long time ago. You know, we were, when they were storming the beaches at Normandy, it was a bunch of guys talking to each other about how to succeed at this. That same recipe still works. Yeah. That's a good point. It's like some, I think that uh, sometimes I think that, you know, if you have a, a high energy dog that needs to be run every day and if you don't run them, they start chewing on the furniture. Yeah. I think our, I think our brains are like that, mm. that when we don't have a challenge that we start chewing on the furniture and we start coming up with all kinds of destructive behaviors, both personally, you know, we can let ourselves go personally, but also as a society, if we don't have enough to worry about, it's really easy to fall into this pattern of tearing yourself down. Yeah. And, and, and to like to, to what you were saying too, it's like, we don't, we don't have the same kind of, you know, the same threats. We're so comfortable in this day and age or how we live. Like it's, it's a, it's a different world where you need, you definitely need to find ways to get that out. I and mean, I mean, we were talking about this. We the reason why we do some of that, those go ruck challenges and right. stuff. It's just like, you know, I want to challenge myself. I, I, I don't, right. in, in life, I don't have anything else like this. That's, that's similar to that. 
You sound like a toxic male when you say that. <laughs> you go out and participate in go rock and challenging yourself. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you guys? I don't know. I don't know what's what's wrong with us. It's definitely maybe you could uh, shrink our heads and yeah. see what's uh, <laughs> what's going on with, with us. So, uh, so you mentioned about cult- cultivating kind of positive, you know, masculinity and, and and learning from other men. And there's that kind of what. Well, there's definitely something to that. Uh, I find of of group of guys hanging out together. And I don't mean like, you know, locker room talk and that, that kind of thing, but like just hanging out and, and talking, you know, smoking a good cigar, hanging out, having conversations. There's something definitely like that's, that, that is therapeutic about doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, life doesn't seem complete without connection, some yeah. connections to your own gender. And I hear this from women too, as, as a psychologist, like women who get too isolated from other women, there's, there's just that piece that's missing. And yeah. part of it is com- competing with each other. Part of it's keeping each other in check. Part of it is motivating and inspiring each other. Uh, you know, we, we got to have that. Yeah. I liked it, how you even talked about one of your videos. You talked about how men kind of like razz each other and joke around with each other. Like it, that's definitely something that's different that men do. You don't see it yeah. happen as much. Like with girlfriends, yeah. th- they wouldn't make fun of each other that, that same it's way. More, like, uh, ter- I feel like <laughs> I, what I've always heard is I, like I went to an all boys school and across the street was an all girls school. And it was always like whatever fights were happening at the all boys school it was, it could be way worse at the all girls school, but usually it came about because it was, it seemed like the, the social workings were that it usually like the way that girls dealt with each other in more of an aggressive way was like a backbiting kind of nature. And I don't want to throw, you know, all of the, you know, feminine side of things into that pot, but now you're doing it. Now now you're talking about toxic, toxic femininity, but but there is, there is a for sure difference in the way that men sort of are a little bit more open about it and how you kind of are, you use that as an excuse to get a little bit of a thicker skin, I think. Yeah. You get, you get a thicker skin. And like, for me, that's like letting a friend know, like, I like you, we're okay. Like it's like, we're close enough that I could talk this way to you. Like if I'm not making fun of you, we're probably not that close. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And uh, just, you know, I just met you guys, but just a couple of minutes ago, I was, I was breast busting your balls a bit saying, what yeah. the hell's wrong with you guys? Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, I would not say that to a woman, you no, know, no. Just, just, you know, even if I liked a woman, I just wouldn't tease her in that way. No. And it does go back to what we were talking earlier, where guys, uh, we find the limits of our aggression and that becomes part of the way we connect with each other. And it, it's, it's fun for us up to a point, <laughs> a certain point it turns into not fun sometimes. But the reason that the disputes can get so so difficult between women is that they don't do that same training. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just that they they socialize differently when they're little girls than we do. While we are playing uh, football and roughing each other up a little bit, girls are usually – playing in dyads or triads and they're very particular about other girls trying to join their little group and they they just do this – intimate connecting one-on-one with each Mm. other as little girls, they practice that while we're over in the dirt practicing our aggression and neither one is better than the other. We need both of them and they're wonderful together, but it leads to some problems like girls not in general, not being able to handle conflict quite as gracefully as men do sometimes. Of course, men also fight wars. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it makes me think of like when I was a kid growing up in elementary school, I felt like 
the the girls they were like the they were the smart people. Like, I, the guys were the idiots. Like, how are we in this in the same well, I think, class? I think they, yeah, I think they, girls. They, it's been like <laughs> it's been proven that they develop faster. I mean, well, they develop faster than boys. So a lot of times, it's a little bit you know problematic to have boys and girls integrated in classrooms because yeah, yeah. it's just they're not on the same level at that age and yeah girls Maybe are sitting wrong, at their desk right. you know they've got their hands crossed looking at the teacher listening i'm looking outside thinking when am i going to get out right. when am i going to be able to ride the skateboard when am I well that, do that's else? that's kind of an interesting idea like like what i was talking about like i went to an all boys school what do you what do you think about like uh uh education that's separated by sexes I think in education should be, um, I think it should be, what's the word? Uh, co, what am I looking for? Uh, co, co-ed. Co-ed, there co-ed, you go. yeah. <laughs> Struggle to find that word. <laughs> because um, men and women are going to be spending their lives together. Right. And whether, you know, it doesn't matter what your marital status or what, whatever it is, you're going to be around women, women are going to be around men. So I think that socialization should start early. But schools are notoriously friendly to the female way of learning. We, you know, little girls typically have... Uh, better command of the language than little boys. Not all, not all the time. I mean, you can't make sweeping generalizations that apply to everybody. But in general, they command language better. They can sit still better. And boys, it's not that they are not as intelligent as girls when they're kid. They're intelligent in different ways. And boys start to develop, for example, spatial abilities that are different than girls early on. And so that's why, you know, you see boys gravitating toward physics and math and you see girls gravitating toward language. And if we just leave people alone and you have a nice, peaceful, prosperous society, that's how men and women set their, generally separate themselves out. And I think there needs to be Obviously, I think there needs to be room for women to participate in math and men to participate in language. But if you leave people alone, they go in different directions. And I don't understand this push to make everybody do the same things. We have to have exactly as many women in STEM. And we have to have exactly as many as men in teaching. I don't hear that argument, actually. Mm. But this push toward equality versus just freedom is kind of difficult for me to wrap my head around sometimes yeah it definitely seems counterintuitive too like it doesn't seem why would you want to place somebody that's not made or, or not rightly suited in a role right you know it doesn't make any sense seems like seems like something that and is it, bound to backfire the more you try to put a chokehold on it or, or you know force it to be which i i know that i i think in certain scandinavian countries they tried to uh i can't remember what field it was in but it was it was like they tried to do that. They tried to really level out the fields in where women and, and men were. And, and it, it, and naturally it just started to get back to the way that it was. It was like, you know, you can't really force it. Yeah. No. So, yes. Yeah. And, jo- and Jordan Peterson has pointed that out yep. that in these Norwegian or Scandinavian countries that, uh, that because it's so peaceful and prosperous that people have more freedom to make their own decisions. And so what do you see? Well, you see men pursuing things that men tend to pursue and you see women pursuing things that women tend to pursue. Why that's a problem. I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. seems like an idea that, that gets pushed on people. I, I, I don't know how many, I mean, I'd be curious to interview people, but like, like how many middle Americans actually, care about this stuff or think about it it seems to be i mean what do you do you find that it seems to be mostly an intellectual kind of you know uh academic argument that's coming from the top down yeah it really does it comes from college campuses and and you know i i'm 
talking to people all the time and listening to people all the time. And <laughs> most people just don't care about this stuff. Yeah. You know, <laughs> most people say, just leave folks alone and then let them do what they want to do. It's really academia that pushes these agendas. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. Um, let, let's shift a, a little bit here to, to talking about uh, females. Um, <laughs> you have a book out now. It's got a really uh-huh. cool title called The Tactical Guide to Women. So tell us a little bit about this book. What made you write it? That sounds who's, problematic. Who's, who's it <laughs> My least it does favorite word, problematic. problematic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a buzzword. Um, I, I got called a misogynist for the first time over that book. And what had happened is somebody was in a some guy was in a coffee shop somewhere and he was being loud and obnoxious on his phone and he held he was holding this book in his hand and somebody posted a picture of him on Twitter and said it was a misogynist reading a misogynistic book. But it actually is the furthest thing from misogynistic. I have a wife and daughter and I love them dearly and I love women dearly. And I think that message comes across in this book. The book is really about managing risk mm-hmm. in marriage because risk has become marriage and relationships have become particularly risky for men. We have a a family court system that is really stacked against men and men have a lot to lose if they choose poorly. And women do too. They have different things to lose. You know, choosing poorly is just bad for everybody. And so as a psychologist, I was seeing men coming through my office, same problems over and over and over again. And so many of their problems stem back to allowing the wrong women into their lives. And Mm -hmm. you could probably make the same argument for, for women allowing the wrong men into their lives. And so I, I started thinking, you know, nobody taught me how to do this stuff. Nobody taught me how to choose choose my partner. I got taught how to shave, but I didn't get choose, <laughs> taught how to choose the most important, one of the most important decisions I'm ever going to make. And so many guys are not taught that. And so this book is really just about, hey, you know, you need to be careful when you're choosing, obviously. So here's what you try to avoid. More importantly, here's what to look for with women. That makes sense. We we did a back when I was doing a video work for the Art of Manliness. We did a a video called the fourteen red flags of dating. And I, I think sounds, I've seen that. Have one, you seen yeah. that one? Yeah, yeah. Uh, my good friend Johan, who's been on this show, played the main guy in it. But um, there was a lot of things in that. We got a little bit of backlash of that, and like a lot of these things are, they're just. In any relationship, you should be looking out for red flags, whether it's a male or a female. It's something that it, it's helpful to have some sort of guide on knowing how to choose a good mate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And do you remember – I don't mean to put you on the spot. Do you do you remember any of those red flags? Um, I'm trying to remember what they – there was some – I think like, one of them was like if you treat – if they treat their friends – poorly or something no, in front they of treat you. their parents poorly in front oh, of you was one wow. of them one of them too was uh not letting you spend time uh with your male friends yeah. uh there was another thing about i forget there was there was 14 of them there's a I lot feel of like them. i read an article about this just recently and yeah. i totally forgot all of them but then the irony is is that i think that most of the time it's like you, if you really listen to your gut, you're going to, you're going to see those, you know, because it's, I, I think it's always 2020 hindsight. People are always like, oh yeah, they were always like, you know, arguing with their dad or they were always, you know, uh, making me feel ashamed for, you know, wanting to go out on a Saturday with the guys or, or whatever. Um, so it's, yeah, I think it, in some respects, some of them are, it's like built into us, you know, we're, we're looking out for them. 
Yeah, and listening to your intuition is one of the things I touch on in the book. And in the book, I don't really give a checklist so much. It's more about let's let's talk about what's a fundamental understanding of what works in relationships and what doesn't work in relationships and what's going to land you in family court. And so, of course, I, I talk about some of the specifics. But listening to your intuition is not something that guys really get a good education in. This is something – this is one of those areas where women are socialized a little better in listening to their gut feeling. And then, unfortunately, they are socialized to argue with themselves and talk themselves out of what they, what their gut feeling says. That's a problem uh, for women. But with, for men, the problem is that we're generally taught that we should walk it off and we should uh, you know, rub some dirt on it and move on, which is good. And that's a really important skill. And at the same time, you can respect your intuition and learn how to listen to it because it, you're right, Donovan, it will tell you when there's a problem. Yeah. Some guys, though, aren't thinking with their intuition. They're thinking with their, uh, you know, you <laughs> well, know what I'm talking about. the belt. Yeah. <laughs> and, and <laughs> well, that's that. I mean, that, but like, I mean, you, <laughs> we laugh, but it is that that is like the legitimate problem is a lot of times you'll you'll quiet that voice because of sex and, you know, because of of what you're after. But um, when when it comes to relationships, it seems like uh, dating in general in, in today's age seems like, you know, one uh, women and men aren't really relating to one another the way that they, you know, at least used to or meant to. And also you have a lot of distractions on the sidelines that men are opting for, which is like, you know, such as pornography or, you know, just random hookups and things like that. How, do, uh, what would you, what, what kind of advice? And I know this is what your book is for, so I don't want you to like boil it all down into one you know, sentence, but what kind of advice would you give men or young men off the bat on, you know, uh, approaching dating in this day and age? Well, let me boil it down to one sentence and no, I actually don't have a one sentence for that. <laughs> Quick, write this um, down. <laughs> you, we, there's, we've reached this kind of troubling state where there is infinite choice out there and the temptation is to give in to novelty. And you can have novelty in your video games and you can have novelty in your movies. I mean, there's just a, a ton of tremendous amount of information and options available to us. And one of the things that is now available to us that wasn't available even you know, 30 years ago when I was dating, which is not that long ago, is that there is infinite choice. You can get a Tinder app on your phone and you can just scroll through people. And when you get tired of one, you can go to the next. And the problem with that is that uh, there's a lot of problems with that, but one, the, I think the main problem is that you miss out on connecting with people if you fall into that cycle of giving into novelty all the time. If you don't push through, oh, I'm tired of this person because they said one little thing that I don't like, and so I'm going to move on to the next one. You're not learning how to navigate relationships, really. And I see a lot of young people who aren't doing that. I, I meet a tremendous amount of young guys who just aren't participating in that, but then I meet a lot of people who are. And I think there's a pretty stark difference between the outcome when you make those two different choices. Do you think That's that there's point. kind of an aspect to that of this kind of almost like speed dating or, or, or just dating so many people that's like setting people up to practice like divorce? Is that or being landing in family court? <laughs> well, yeah, the more you practice anything, the better you're going to get at it. So yeah. the more you practice exiting from a relationship, the more practiced you're going to be at it and the easier it's going to be when the stakes are higher. Yeah. It's terrifying. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> one, one wrong it, it step. Can, yeah. It can be terrifying. <laughs> one wrong step. Now you mentioned that there are like, 
there are certain things that men are disadvantaged in, in like the court, in the court system and stuff. And I always hear like uh, about like men's rights activists and I kind of laugh it off. Like kind of my attitude has always been, Hey, suck it up. Maybe that's my toxic masculinity <laughs> talking. Um, but like the idea of men as a privileged class, is that, is that true? I mean, I feel like I have a lot of like being a straight white male, I feel like I have all the options in the world available to me. Like, I don't think that it would be that necessarily that, that, that saying that someone like me is privileged is a, is wrong, but is, is it, is there something wrong with, with that kind of way of thinking? Well, I think that, you know, the only person who's more privileged than a straight white male is a straight white female in terms Mm -hmm. of the amount of options that you have in life. I mean, you you can go anywhere and do anything if you're a straight white female. And and feminists would argue with that. They would say that, well, you can't walk down the street alone safely. And that's a that's a fair argument. Like mm-hmm. one of the things that women have to really pay attention to is physical safety because, you know, for obvious reasons. And so that gets chalked up as privilege. But, you know, everybody's got a set of privileges and a set of disadvantages. And some people have it better than others. And I don't think there's anything wrong with acknowledging that yeah, if you're born uh, – white and straight in America in 2019, things aren't so bad. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. But, but it's also not too bad for anybody born in America in 2019. Exactly. That's true. That's very true. We we do live in the best, in the best country in the world. You could be like Johnny boy and have to live in Canada, which is a whole other, (laughs) yeah. Whole other situation. Um, I, I saw some other books on uh, your list too that you've written. Can we go over some of some of those? What what those books are about? And sure, yeah. Um, I saw you have the practical uh, guide uh, to males, right? Or is it men? I'm trying. I'm pulling yeah, it up here. The, the practical guide to men. This was the precursor to the practical the tactical guide to women. And the okay. tactical guide to women is my my pride and joy. I love that okay. book. The practical guide to men is this is a book I wrote for my daughter essentially. She's mm. she's gonna be dating someday and I want her to have us that same sense of what works in relationships and what doesn't. And there's different things that men need to look for and different things that women need to look for. Okay. proud of. There's a tactical guide to women, obviously. And then there's another one called the user's guide to the human mind. And I wrote this a while ago. Yes. And this is, um, this was my attempt to explain how to manage anxiety and depression, that sort of thing to people like me who <laughs> kind of grew up kind of blue, blue collar and don't speak the, 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 um, the psychology buzzwords, you know, and that kind of woo woo language doesn't really speak to someone like me. And so it's very nuts and bolts about, Hey, here's how your brain works. Here's what it's trying to do to you. Here's what it's trying to do for you. And here's how you can, uh, you can ignore it when it's time to ignore it and know when it's time to ignore it. Yeah. I like that because a lot of some psychology can seem, you know, it could seem complicated or very heady. And it, it, sometimes I just want to, you know, something that's a no BS kind of guide to something. Yeah. And that's how I am. I work a lot with guys and guys are looking for solutions and I'm somebody who's always looking for solutions. And so I tend to kind of cut to the chase and I will dive into the literature, but I'll spare you all the details and write something hopefully that's useful. Yeah. Well, that's, that's awesome. Thanks so much for doing that. Um, if people want to find you, uh, 
Dr. Sean T. Smith. Do I need to say the T? Is that how it works? <laughs> well, there's there's a bunch of Sean Smiths out there, believe it or not. There's more than one of us. So I do use I, the D, the T sounds pretentious, but I use it just to separate me. <laughs> that's funny. There are other Sean Dr. Sean Smiths out there, so that's oh, why okay. I do that. That's but cool. you can find me at DocSmith.co or I'm on Twitter at Iron Shrink. Iron Shrink, and also yep. uh, go to, uh, check out his YouTube content because you're putting out stuff like every week now, right? No, I wish I was. I put it out when I put it out. Okay, cool. I I tend to put a lot of time into my videos, and so they take quite a while to produce. That's good. It shows. I hate it when people just flip on a webcam and they start talking and there's no audio quality and they're just, you know, it's just kind of like the way we do this show. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's not true. I've listened to your show. You guys have good quality. But um, I I have such low (laughs) self-esteem that I don't, I figure that I better put something useful together because I am not pretty enough to look at just (laughs) on my own merits oh that's not true Uh, oh thanks so much for doing this we got to have you back on as things come up and 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 more more questions so much so much more to unpack i know i'm I'm just like my my mind's jumping at like so many (laughs) things right now but uh but i'm really looking forward to diving into your book especially and and some of the some of the previous books that you just talked about well, I appreciate it. I really appreciate you guys having me on. So we'll maybe, have to come back sometime. Yeah, maybe awesome. we'll do a book review next time. Yeah, yeah. we can put it on our, our yeah. list for next month. Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, the, the Gentleman Scofflaw book review. We'll, we'll send Oprah running for the hills. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Sean. All right. Thanks. Men or women, this one's for you. Let me take a second to talk to you about GORUCK. Now, you've heard us on this show talk about their awesome endurance events, which are you know great for fitness and team building. But of course, they are known for their amazing gear. Some of the best gear in the world, actually. I myself own a GR1 rucksack for all my rucking and training. I also have one of their uh, 30-pound ruck plates, which is so convenient because I could just drop it in the laptop compartment on my bag, and I have a weighted ruck. It's super cool. But one of my all time favorite things that they offer are their sandbags. Now, if you've never trained with a sandbag, you're in for a treat. I love that you can keep it in the trunk of your car and take it to the park and you have a gym anywhere. Ever try doing sandbag man makers with 60 pounds? I mean, you get a fun and very hard training session in really quickly. Um, It's a big bag of suck in all the right ways. Now, Even if you're not in the rucking, they have tons of sleek apparel for the outdoors in addition to their gear uh, that is tough as nails and built to military standards. Also, their apparel and gear offer their scars a lifetime warranty, so you buy the item once and that's it. You're set for life. But you know what the greatest thing is about GORUCK? All of it is made in the good old USA and by special forces veterans, mind you. It doesn't get more badass than that. That's right. America. To check out GORUCK gear, go to gentlemanscofflaw.com slash GORUCK, and anything you buy through that link helps support the show. That's gentlemanscofflaw.com slash GORUCK. Whether it's for your fitness regimen, your, you know, your outdoor lifestyle, or just, you know, a great bag for everyday carry, um, you're going to want to check them out. GORUCK, built in the USA. Well, happy anniversary, gentlemen. Happy anniversary, Scofflaws. Has it really been two years? Time is just flying by. Um, I really hope that in the background of this message, you're playing the sounds of someone popping and eating popcorn because that's truly the highlight, the best moment, uh, probably the zenith of all podcasting. Um, all the best, fellas. 
uh, toast to you and your many hilarious conversations, and I'm excited to many more to come. Uh, oh, yeah, this is Justin. Happy anniversary to all. Jimmy's on the dole. He put his life on hold. Hasn't worked in over three years. Sits around his mother's house. His pop says he's a louse. Drinking all the whiskey and beer. Now there's gonna come a day. His youth will pass away. Jimmy left lonely and blue. Sneaking in the punk rock shows where everybody knows he's a drunkard who doesn't have a clue. More music, uh, St. Patrick's Day music from the Poor Men. Go to always good thepoorman.bandcamp.com. Get it, get it for your uh, St. Patrick's Day festivities. Um, oh yeah! I guess to wrap things up, there, uh, there, Donovan. Um, we've got a giveaway on Instagram. Yes, giving away an aftershave and a corn cob pipe, courtesy of. I, I see what I did. I almost said cornacy, but I said courtesy. Seems like it would be a you know bad pun, but Cornacy I'll allow it. of Aristocob.com. Um, so check that out on our Instagram, link in the show notes. And uh, don't forget to go vote for us at the My Roadcast uh, competition. Go to GentlemanScofflaw.com slash vote, and that'll take you right there. How else can people support the show there, Donovan? Uh, they can go to GentlemanScofflaw.com uh, for... Uh, Wait, did we already mention Patreon? We did not. Patreon is a is a great place to support all sorts of different artists, but amongst those artists, you will find us, well, the Scofflaws, and the swimming gentlemen. in a sea of other talented people. Yeah, we'll be in the corner just More by ourselves. People. Yeah, uh, you know, keeping to ourselves. But we've been posting some extras there. We too. have been posting extras. We've we've got movie reviews. Which we will probably do another one of soon, probably yeah. for St. Patrick's Day. That would be a good one. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll review a, a roguish, uh, a Fenian choice um, for that. And then we've got, uh, so once. you can, what would you say? We should do once. Once. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Just stab me in the heart. <laughs> oh, that's a, a, whatever. Falling slowly. <laughs> uh, but, uh, then uh, let's see the other uh, place you can, you can support us through our merch. We have mugs, we have t-shirts, we have pint glasses, we yeah. have flasks, which I'm always very vocal about how much I love the flask. Yeah, they're good and, flasks. Uh, they are great flasks. I mean, you, you really, it's like it's it's classy, um, and it's got a great logo. It does and uh, flip flops. Flip flops. We got flip flops on yeah, there. Flip flops. Yeah. yeah, and uh, perfect for uh, you know letting those uh, dogs breathe after go ruck. Yeah, so. I should just bring a bunch of them the next go ruck and pass them out. Sure, be great promotion. <laughs> self, yeah, yeah. Some shameless self promotion to start. Shameless self, but you know, charitable. So yeah, we'll allow definitely it. charitable. All right, um, Donovan. Happy two year anniversary. Yeah. You are a gentleman and a scofflaw, my friend. Jordan, happy St. Patrick's Day and uh, happy two-year anniversary. You've And, you know, let me just say, from the heart, you have done a lot of hard work on this podcast that I am very grateful for. 
Nah, you've done that. You've done a lot of hard you've work. Done a lot. And the listeners should know that a lot of this is the fruit of your labor. So it's been uh, it's been a great two years. Here's to looking forward to the next two hundred years. Uh, <laughs> a two hundred year reign of uh, of gentleman scofflaw. And uh, yeah, you're a gentleman of scofflaw. Thanks, man. You guys have a great week. This has been the Gentleman Scofflaw Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcatcher. Visit us on the interwebs at gentlemanscofflaw.com. Captain says, his ass on the river, we ain't getting home if we don't break through. So damn cold, I can't help but shiver. Rise and shine, we got work to do. Hey!